Welcome back to the Shotside Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I am joined by Matt today. Um, Matt, how are you doing today? Doing good. Um, you know, a little, a little sad about the T-Wolves loss, but overall, doing pretty good. Yeah, I shouldn't say I'm doing good. I'm not doing that great after that loss to the Portland Trailblazers, but... Uh, we have some important news uh, in the NBA going on right now. Um, starting next season, the NBA collective bargaining agreement that was passed um, just recently, I believe. Um, uh, it, I think it carries over for the next seven years. So this is huge news when it you know comes down to future NBA stuff that they're going to try out. So um, stuff that that it's going to include are pieces like. Um, an 80-game schedule that includes tournament games that will count towards the regular season record. Uh, and then two more games will be added with a potential third for the two teams that make it to the tournament uh, final, which won't uh, count towards the regular season games. Um, included in this, uh, players will have to play 65 games minimum in order to be eligible for awards. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, that's interesting. That definitely, like, counts out a lot of people. Even just, like, looking at this year, like, some people are hovering right around 60 to 65 games. So that's definitely going to be an incentive for players to play a little bit more. Right. And, I I mean, I set my uh, All-NBA awards at 50 games, which is way generous than what the NBA is now going to start doing, which... I kind of like. I think 60, 65 is what? That's like two-thirds of an NBA season. So uh, I think you should have to play at least two-thirds of the regular season to be able to qualify for some of these awards. Um, also included in it, um, um, there will be a third two-way contract that was added to have 17 or 18 players on an NBA roster at a time. So... Um, you'll be able to bring an extra guy up from the G League or, or whatnot, sign another player when it comes closer to like playoff time. I'm guessing that's when they're going to do it. Um, and then for franchises, there was a secondary luxury tax added, which, if hit, will eliminate a team uh, from using their mid-level exception to sign a player. So um, teams like the Warriors or Lakers or some of these teams that are you know, spending a lot in the luxury tax, uh, if they cross this second platform, won't be able to sign, like, uh, who did the Lakers sign for mid-tier this year? Was it Lonnie Walker? Yeah, I think it was Lonnie Walker this year. And then Warriors signed... Did they even... Uh, didn't it... Was it DiVincenzo? Yeah, yeah, DiVincenzo was their mid-level, so... Um, that'll kind of help out some of these teams that aren't spending as much, uh, kind of, you know, be able to retain some of their players or bring in players, um, to make their teams better, but also make it a little bit more fair than NBA, um, for some of these smaller markets. Um, uh, the one thing that, uh, which was talked about a lot over the past decade was allowing, you know, possibly allowing high school stars to go straight to the NBA after graduating. Like uh, some of the stars, for example, you know, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, some of those guys. Uh, this, however, will not be allowed and uh, may not ever happen, um, at least in our lifetime. But 
at least for the next seven years, this will not be, you know, you'll have to either go to college for one year or you'll have to go to uh, somebody like, you know, Jalen Green or um, somebody that we're looking at, at in this year's next draft, Scoot Henderson. Uh, you'll have to go on like a G League Ignite team or something like that or play overseas. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's too surprising considering that they added the uh, NIL deals for college. So, I mean, some of those guys are can make quite a bit of money. I think I saw somewhere like Bronny could make up to like $7 million next year. That's just crazy. In, yeah, which is almost as good as a, a first overall like rookie pick. Um, so, I'm not saying he'll go first overall. I'm just saying comparatively. Um, that's quite a bit of money to be made in college. Um, I think that's probably part of their reasoning. And then also, like, I think you do get paid to pay, play in the uh, Ignite League if you're interested in that. I think it's like 500k per year. Yeah, I, mean, I think like it's that. a little bit more though for some of these star players though too. Because is it? I think Scoot's getting paid a little bit more, and then plus endorsements and whatnot. But I think the endorsements is the biggest thing because they're getting yeah. you know these advertisement deals that are paying them more than some of these NBA players who are, you know, making, you know, one to two million a year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not too surprising, but I honestly don't know if it'll ever go back to one and done's. I mean, a year of development's, you know, pretty good. These are pretty young kids, 18, 19 years old. So, yeah, I mean, it'd have to be like a super special talent, which we do have one at this upcoming draft, Victor Wimbanyama, who, I mean, you could have made a case for him maybe going right to right to the pros, but, I mean, I think it is beneficial <laughs> to kind of just have that one year, you know, either in college or overseas or G League night, something like that, to just kind of, you know, get your footing, um, kind of figure out some things to kind of get you prepped for NBA, and then have you jump right into it. I think that's worked pretty well for a lot of these uh, incoming draft guys. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but on uh, April Fool's Day, Victor Wamanyaya said that he was staying for another year at his uh, current <laughs> team. But definitely made some Spurs and Rockets fans hold their breath a little and Pistons fans. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter and, and social media in general, just some April Fool stuff. So it was, I just shut down all of news on, on <laughs> yesterday. So, um, But uh, there was a Hall of Fame class, though, that came out for 2023, um, highlighted by players like, you know, a lot of people in kind of our generation growing up, uh, Dirk Nowinski, Dwayne Wade, uh, Pau Gasol, and then Coach Greg Popovich. So... Um, really cool to see these guys get, you know, inducted in the Hall of Fame. I know it's not really that hard in the NBA to get inducted. You just have to be a really good player um, or a good coach. Um, but it's still cool to see those guys can make it. Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's not as hard as the NFL, but still, still a good accomplishment, though, all around. Well, let's jump right into the thick of things. Uh, starting off in the Western Conference, um, a big win for the Lakers against the Timberwolves in a game where you saw the Wolves. I was at that game. So you saw the Wolves go up by 10 at halftime. I, I told Adam, who uh, will be joining us in this podcast a little bit later, um, but I, I told him, I was like, we need to be up by at least 10 against this Lakers squad to even have a chance. 
Um, I was even wrong on that. Lakers went on a 35-18 run in the third quarter, um, kind of led by AD. Well, definitely led by AD, who you know went off for 38 points, 17 boards, had two blocks, one steal. What do you call it, Matt? Um, what stocks? Stocks, <laughs> yeah, three stocks. <laughs> trying to get Steals the lingo blocks. down. Yeah. Also had a nice uh, defensive possession of laying in the paint for two whole plays so that we couldn't do anything. He did get called one time for three seconds, but he was camping down there quite a bit. But um, no, I was talking about when he like rolled his ankle. He just like laid down oh. in the paint for like <laughs> two minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, maybe to catch a little breather there, but. <laughs> I mean, it worked. I mean, the main thing in this game was just how many... For one, the Wolves fouled a ton of this game. They had 22 combined fouls. Towns had five. He, I think he played limited minutes. McDaniels had four. Conley fouled out for like the first time I've ever witnessed Conley foul out in his career. I'm sure it's happened before, but I just... I can't think of another time he has. Uh, and then Gobert had three as well, but... Um, with this win, Lakers jump up to the eighth seed. Wolves drop down to the ninth seed. Uh, I think that is still how it is now, even though that the Wolves lost to the Blazers. And I'm, I think it's looking like the Lakers are about to beat uh, the Houston Rockets as well as we're doing this on Sunday. So uh, I'm not sure if they have a chance to maybe jump up to the seventh seed. Kind of depends on I Pelicans. I think they do. Are the Pelicans playing today? I think they're playing. Uh, no. I think they played yesterday. Yeah, but they'll... Yeah, they're, they're still the eight seed right now. But Suns and uh, OKC are playing right now. That's a pretty big game. Right, that's a huge game. And I think what is it? Suns are, are winning this game, going into the or in the fourth with little under four minutes left, up by five. The Suns are so that's a close game. Good game to watch as well. Um, but I was looking at upcoming schedules, and on Tuesday, it looks like Pelicans are going to play the Kings, who, um, did they lose to the Spurs? I saw it go to OT. They might have won. Is that today? Yeah, they ended up losing yeah, they, to the Spurs and OT. So, um, that'll be a good game on Tuesday, though, between the Pelicans and Kings. That you know, If the Kings win that game, might give... You know, the Lakers, a little extra bump in the standings. But, um, yeah, your thoughts on just, like, the Lakers, do you think they're going to be able to jump up to, you know, possibly taking over that, you know, six seed, getting out of that play-in situation? Uh, I, I don't think they're going to get the six seed. I mean, that right now they're half game out. behind the Clippers. Um, it says half game out right are, now. Because uh, Clippers, Clippers are 41-38. Yep, and then Lakers just won right now, so they're oh, forty they, so and thirty-eight. One then, yeah, yeah. I didn't update it yet, but yeah, I mean, they could. They play each other, so I mean, if they beat them head to head, um, yeah, they're the seventh seed now because they have the tiebreaker with the Pelicans. Um, I mean, that's a huge game, definitely. I, I definitely don't think they'll pass the Warriors, but the Clippers, I would definitely say, is a possibility if they beat them head to head and went out yeah i mean if i'm lakers of course you're not really worried about like seeding but like as a fan you kind of look at that and i mean you'd rather be the sixth seed and play sacramento than 
you know, jump off up past Golden State and take that fifth seed and have to play the Phoenix first round. That would be a tough first round matchup, I think, for the Lakers. Um, I'd rather play, you know, Sacramento. And then if you beat Sacramento, you're playing against, you know, probably Memphis, which is an easier route than having to play Denver that next round after if you beat Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think they really want to get at least a sixth seed because if they're the seventh seed, they have to play Memphis in the first round, which would be a pretty tough series. And then after that, they would have to play um, like either like Sacramento if they won, or like the Clippers or somebody like that, which would be a tough series as well. Um, so I mean, and they have to play the play-in just to get into the playoffs, so they could even lose that if, uh, for whatever reason, Zion came back or something. Yeah, I I don't know if I see him losing two straight games in the play-in scenario, but especially two games at home. But, I mean, anything can happen. Yeah, no, but they could lose one game and be the eighth seed. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, possible. But, I mean, just looking at um, some games on Friday, you know, Warriors picked up a win. Kings, Suns, Grizzlies all picked up wins. Uh, We saw the Clippers drop a key game versus Memphis. Um, This is huge because it drops Clippers, like we talked about, down to that sixth seed. Um, And I believe they're... A two-game losing streak, five of five in the last ten. Um, so they they dropped one to Memphis, and then just on what was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday they dropped one to the Pelicans as well. So, um, do you think it's because Paul George is missing time right now, or is it is it something a little bit further into um, some of the problems that uh, LAC is having? You know, it's tough. I mean, obviously, missing a player of Paul George caliber definitely affects the team. But I think at the same time, they're kind of just doing some funny things, too. Like, in that Memphis game, they lost. They only played quiet until halftime and then sat him in the second half when it was a close game uh, just so he could play the next day. And then they lost that. So uh, that was kind of a double whammy a little bit. Um, I think it, it really for the Clippers, they're kind of just trying to hang on to the six seed and keep guys healthy at the same time which is pretty tough to do but um if they can do it i think they're set up well for the playoffs but I, that lakers game is going to be a big game yeah we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in future games as well but um i mean losing paul george for right now it's fine if they can lock up that six seed but if they don't have Paul George going in to the first round, possibly second round, and so on, you know, they're going to need him 100% to even have a chance of, you know, make to, making it past those rounds or getting to a Western Conference Finals. Um, I just think it's a tough road and a slippery slope for this team because you're mainly counting on Kawhi and, and Russell Westbrook to look like OKC Russell Westbrook and um, he can do that game to game, I guess, but can he? Can you count on him to do that consistently? I, I personally don't think you can. But um, you know, looking at the next day on Saturday, um, you know, big win for the Pels against the Clippers. I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten games, second best in the league, 
uh, during that stretch. Second best in three-point percentage in the last month. Second best in plus-minus for a team. But I, I think the real bright spot for them, when you look at the advanced stats, is how good their you know, defense has looked this past month. 107.3 defensive rating, which is best in the league over that past month. Best in pie metric, which... Um, if you guys don't know what pie is, it's a player impact estimate, which um, basically gauges the overall contribution the players have towards a game, um, a.k.a. it involves all the stats that you see um, on the box score, pretty much. Um, but I just, I, it's been a huge turnaround for these Pelicans. I think, you know, I talked about their defense, but their offense has been top notch as well. And uh, a guy like Brandon Ingram, who's really stepped up his game. I know he's, I think he's had like two or three triple doubles in the past like week or two, which I personally didn't see that type of, you know, assisting passing from him. But, um, you know, he's really stepped up and, and it's it's showed in the standings as they are now the seventh seed and, or, well, as eight of right now, now, the eighth seed. Yeah, but um, have a real chance to, you know, contend with you know lakers clippers golden state for one of those spots as well yeah definitely i mean brandon ingram has been balling out just in that that clippers game 36 points um this team has looked really good lately and i think if if zion does come back i mean they could be a team that's a very tough out um i'm not sure if he'll come back or not but i mean he was clear for basketball activities about two weeks ago almost so um the chances are that he there there is a chance that he could come back but he'd be uh, definitely on a minutes restriction to start so um if, if he comes back this week i would expect him back uh but if he doesn't then i'd say he's out for the year right um which is you know kind of I would say similar to the Clipper situation with Paul George. Like if you can get Zion Williamson back, like that changes the dynamic of your team. Obviously he's got to be hundred percent healthy and you also have to work in some of the kinks of how he's going to play with, you know, you know, cause you don't want to ruin the flow that the Pell New Orleans is having right now. So uh, trying to integrate him into the system while keeping that flow, you know, the same or consistent throughout the playoffs is huge, but um, if they can get him back, a star talent like him, uh, it, it only improves their their chances. Because you know when he was playing early in the year, what they were, weren't they like the one, number one seed? Yeah, they're like the one seed for a while. Right, and then he got injured, and you saw them drop down to you know at times they were all, all the way down to like thirteen or twelve. So, yeah, they went on a huge losing streak. Right, so having him back is huge. Um, there are some key games, though, that I kind of want to, you know, look forward to um, this next, this basically last week of the NBA regular season. Um, but, I mean, it's it's tough. because So when you're looking at this weekly schedule, um, you know, I, I think the West is going to kind of come down to, like, these final games. Um, let me just go through the the ske- or the the standings real quick, and then we'll get into uh, possible scheduling for well, actually not possible schedules, but the actual schedule for the last week of uh, in the Western Conference. But Denver Nuggets are your one seed, two games up of Memphis in the two seed. Uh, Memphis has won 
eight of the last 10, best home record in the NBA at number two. Sacramento's at three, locked up a playoff spot. So they're snapping that uh, 16 playoff or 16 season playoff losing drought, which will be, um, I don't think Adam Silver or anybody in the front office had anything to do with that, but um, it'll be nice to see them, you know, in the playoffs once again. Uh, Phoenix is at four. Um, they're also on a four-game win streak in the West. So they're looking up. Uh, Warriors are at five. Um, big win against the Nuggets. I, was Jokic playing in that game, or was he out that game? Which game? Uh, the game against the Nuggets, the Warriors had. Um, I believe it was... They're playing right now, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they are. Or. Yeah, the Warriors are winning right now. It's almost halftime. Okay, so maybe I am Yo- predicting the future. out, though. Okay. I'm just predicting the future. I'm just going to say right now, I think Golden State's going to win that game, especially with uh, Jokic out. But um, six seed, you got the Clippers, who've struggled with consistency. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, Play-in scenario could be in their future. If not, they're probably going to lock up this six seed. Uh, Pels, seven seed. Uh, just went over them. A seed is the Lakers. Talked about them. Um, big wins against Suns, Thunder, Bulls, Timberwolves, and now the Rockets. Um, can they continue that? We'll see. Uh, at nine, you got uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, dropped three out of the f- last four games. Um, some pointing downwards for Minnesota. Uh, ten, you got OKC Thunder. Round out your top ten in the West. Um they hold a game over the Mavericks, I believe, right now. Maybe it's a game and a half after uh, the Mavericks just lost an OT, which did you see that game against the Mavericks or follow it all? Kind of a I crazy didn't end up catching it. So what happened was um, I think it was a tie game. Kyrie hit a clutch bucket. Um, 21 seconds left. Uh, Sadiq Bay puts up or makes a, sh- a tip-in shot put Atlanta up to um, Christian Wood gets fouled with one second left I believe makes the first and then misses the second um, the game I thought the game was over at that point I was like okay Atlanta's walking away with this one we can wrap it up mm-hmm. uh, Jason Kidd challenges the play uh, gets his gets it overturned to a JaVale McGee foul where it puts JaVale McGee with two free throws to possibly win the game. JaVale misses the first and then makes the second. Sends this game into OT. I'm like, this game is insane. So it goes to OT. And then, uh, long long story short, but uh, Atlanta ends up winning by two because of, I think it was Trey Young got fouled with one second once again in OT and makes both his free throws to win it. So... Uh, another bad loss for the Mavericks. Good win for Atlanta, but bad loss for Mavericks. So it puts OKC up a game and a half um, over the Mavericks. I believe they're two games up on the Utah Jazz, depending on what they did today. Did the Jazz, Jazz lost today? Jazz Brooklyn. lost, so so two and a half games up of the Jazz. So um, you know standings are getting a little bit more concrete of what you could see out of the, that bottom tier but um finally looking in, into the schedule though a little bit matt if you want to go over some of the scheduling games 
uh, for this week for some of um, our fans and listeners just to keep an eye out for uh, when it comes to the Western Conference. Yeah, you know, it's actually kind of funny that there's no games tomorrow um, on Monday, which is right. uh, not very common for the NBA. But um, some of the big games coming up here, um, well, obviously the, the Clippers and Lakers play later in the week. Um, that is probably one of the games that I'm looking most forward to. Um, but earlier in the week, the Thunder and the Warriors play um, on Tuesday. That could be a big game. Kings Pelicans, we mentioned that one earlier. That could be a pretty big game. Yep. Um, maybe Lakers and Jazz. It looks kind of like the Jazz are throwing in the towel on the season, though. Um, and Walker Kessler got hurt today, so they're probably out of it. Um, Grizzlies Pelicans. I'm kind of looking forward to that game if everybody's playing. Um, that could even be a potential uh, preview game. Uh, depending on who gets the seventh seed, uh, Kings Mavericks. These are all Wednesday games, um, and Mavericks. I mean, <laughs> their backs are against the wall right now. The Mavericks are. Um, I they, think they kind of have to. They'd have to win, win out, out, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, that's what I would say. Um, and the Lakers Clippers games that day too, and that's probably the biggest one I'm looking forward to. Except for maybe Suns-Lakers, too. That that game's on Friday. Um, that'll be a huge game. Um, Warriors-Kings on Friday, too. Um, and then just some, some games to wrap up the week on Sunday. Pelicans-Warriors, Grizz-Thunder, Kings-Nuggets, Jazz-Lakers, uh, Clips-Suns. Clippers-Suns actually could be a massive game. Um, oh, yeah. Depending on what happens during the week. Um but yeah, I mean, there's some huge games coming up, some make or break games for team seasons on the line. Honestly, um, even the or uh, the Wolves play the Pelicans on the last day of the season, I think, um, and that could be even just to make the playoffs for the T Wolves at this point. Yeah, it's gonna be wild on uh, on Easter Sunday because I think you know. You mentioned all those games on Sunday. Like, there's, it seems like every single key playoff matchup is going to come down to Sunday's games. And um, honestly, I can't wait for that day because that'll be a fun day to just, you know, spend some time with the family, but also, you know, catch up on some some NBA stuff and and see how uh, the Western Conference kind of shakes up for playoffs. But. Um, we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, Adam's going to join us, and we're going to go over the Eastern Conference. Um, and then after the Eastern Conference, we'll jump into a little new version of the lightning round for the boys and uh, see how it works out. But we'll be right back. Welcome back. Adam, join the podcast finally. How's it going, man? What up, what up, guys? Good to have you on. Better late than never. Yeah. Uh, looking at the Eastern Conference, though, uh, it's not quite as dramatic as the West, uh, you know, as me and Matt got into. But uh, there are still, you know, teams looking for positioning. For example, Boston is just a game and a half behind the Bucks, who uh, are in a you know tough game against Philly. I think it's a twelve point game as we're as we're keeping an eye on it right now. But um, and then you have like Miami. 
uh, is a game and a half behind Brooklyn. Uh, the eighth and tenth seed between Toronto, Atlanta, Chicago, they're all within a game and a half. So uh, there are, you know, you know, a handful of teams in the Eastern Conference that are kind of jockeying for, for position in the playoffs as well. So um, I want to start off, though, by talking about um, the New York Knicks. Uh, Julius Randle is to be reevaluated in two weeks. Um, do you guys think this kind of impacts the Knicks kind of playoff, you know, aspects of things going forward? Yeah, I mean, if uh, so what is he? What's his injury, or what they diagnose it like officially? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd have to look it up here real quick. Well, either way, no matter what it is, I feel like um, no, he's yeah. a huge. It, it was a. Uh, it's a part of it. It's a right. It's a. It's an injury. It's a ankle injury. That's what they're saying. Okay. Okay. And they're saying he's out for the season more than likely. Oh, the season. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's 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 pretty big. I mean, if it's the season, I'd say they're probably done. I mean, they'll probably. Um, they'll make the playoffs, obviously, but um, I can't see them taking down like uh, Cavs. They're the fifth seed right now, right? Right. They'd, they'd play Cleveland at that. Yeah, I, I can't see them taking down the Cavs without Randall. I mean, even with Randall, I, I think that would be a shaky series. And then if you deal with Mitchell Robinson in foul trouble, like you have no bigs that can compete with those those Cavs guard or big guys. Yeah, because uh, Obi Toppin's definitely not Julius Randle. No, I, I think that Julius Randle has a chance to come back during playoffs because they they said he'd be reevaluated and. Two weeks, but I mean, yeah, that's what I said. No, right. So, I mean, he'll be back during the playoffs more than likely. I mean, if, but, if Randall had the choice, but you just qu- like, say that there's a possibility that he might be shut down for the year for the regular season. Oh, for the regular yeah, season, yeah. Oh. I mean, reevaluating in two weeks, we only have a week left of regular season, so obviously, it's gonna he's not gonna be back for the regular season. But, um, I was just saying it because, like. I mean, there's a good chance that he might be back by, you know, best case scenario, probably by like game two, three, or four of the first round. I mean, either way, especially if they have to play Cleveland, they're not going to match up too well. I mean, Cleveland has the better guards, they have the better center, they have the better forwards, and in my eyes, they probably have the better coach <laughs> yeah I mean I, so, I definitely I mean, agree with that I would take Cleveland in the series even if uh, Randall's healthy um, I mean I think it could be a good series just because uh, they do have some players with, with like Hart's pretty good on defense on the perimeter so he could definitely uh, hold his own a little bit um, Brunson's not a terrible defender either um, but I think overall they'll get overwhelmed with like the depth of Cleveland, um, and just I feel like kind of sometimes in playoff series you just take the best player, and I think the best player in the series is Donovan Mitchell's. 
Mitchell, not Mitchells. Mitchells. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like Cliff, uh, Chris Paul and Cliff Paul? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to say Mitchell Robinson, actually, but. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, having Randall out would probably slow him down a little bit. Although, you know, recently it hasn't really slowed them, slowed them down. I mean, the last month, Knicks are the best offensive rating team best effective field goal percentage, best true shooting percentage team over the past month. Um, highlighted by Jalen Brunson's career high 48 points that he had three days ago against a pretty good defensive team and a team we just talked about, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So um, if you did see, you know, if Jalen Brunson, I, you know, he's not going to put up 48 every single game in the playoffs, but um, if he can get you a good 30, 35 points and then some help from you know, players like R.J. Barrett, who Adams had on his fantasy team, and I've had him in past years as well, uh, you can count on him, you know, not consistently, but maybe every other game. Yeah, you know what's actually kind of funny is that didn't uh, Brunson play um, Donovan Mitchell in last year in the playoffs? It wasn't the Jazz-Dallas playoff series last year. And Brunson did pretty good yeah. when uh, Luke was out for a couple games. Right. So that's kind of yeah. that's an interesting storyline. They play each other again. Yeah, that would be crazy. Um, but I mean, that, that's just speaking on the offensive end. I mean, Knicks are obviously, you know, manned up. I mean, their coach Tim Dot Tim, Tim Tom Thibodeau. I'm getting the, the Tims and Toms mixed up. But, Tim Hardaway. Uh, Tom, yeah, Tom Thibodeau though. Their coach, like, obviously known for his defensive mentality. Um, they're averaging 76.8 defensive rebound or not averaging, but 76.8 defensive rebound percentage, which is also tops in the league spanning the past month. Um, so, I mean, even if playoff positions or playoff scenarios, when they're playing Cleveland, if they can get, you know, 76% around that area, defensive rebounds, and you're holding Cleveland in just one possession, especially with, heavy shooters like Darius Garland and, and Donovan Mitchell, you know, that could keep them in some of those playoff games. Um, I mean, but this is all speculation, honestly. I, You know, Cleveland definitely has a better team, but there is a way for New York to kind of stick in some of these playoff games with Cleveland. Yeah, man, it's gonna, it would be a close series. I, I'm actually... That would probably be one of the series I'm looking forward to the most on the Eastern side for a first-round series. Yeah, definitely. Um, Adam, you have anything to touch right, right there? Or? I mean, New York still has a chance to take it home court advantage, but um, was there four games left in the, in the season? So they would need... Four, most teams have four to five. To have them. Right. Right, so, but I I feel confident in in uh, Cleveland staying at four and New York staying at five. But yeah, like like you guys have been talking about, it's gonna be a fun series to to watch once the playoff starts. Yeah, definitely. Um, we saw some interesting games this weekend, or at least I did. But um, for instance, uh, we talked about that New York versus Cavs game. Brunson at 48, Donovan Mitchell at 42. 
Um, Knicks made 17 threes. I believe the Cavs did as well, but um, Knicks made it at a better, you know, clip, 47%. Um, out-rebounded the Cavs by 15. Uh, 16 offensive rebounds, too, um, which was huge, um, and getting the win. But on Saturday, uh, this is a game that I kind of want to touch base on, but uh, the Heat and Jimmy Butler were, you know, in a competitive game against the Mavericks, who we've talked about have been struggling. Uh, that saw Jimmy Butler go off for 35 points on 12-16 shooting, 12 assists. Kind of outdueled Luka a little bit, who, you know, had numbers himself, 42 points, 10 boards, and 8 assists. Um, huge win for Miami, especially since Bam Adebayo missed that game. Uh, you had players like Cody Zeller step up, give you 20 points as a starting center. Uh, Kevin Love came in 19 minutes, got you 18 points as the backup center. Um, now, granted, the Mavericks don't have the best center depth, especially since um, who was it? Uh, Dwight Powell was it Dwight Powell who's out for the year with a torn ACL, I believe. Oh, he tore his ACL. I, I didn't know that. Maybe it's not torn ACL, but I, I believe Dwight Powell is out for the year, and then. Maxi Cleaver has been going through some stuff as well, but um, that's why they've had to, you know, bring JaVale McGee back into the thick of things. But um, it was just a surprising game from my aspect because when Luca puts up that many points and, and assists and, you know, fills a stat sheet, you had Kyrie pour in 23, which isn't a ton, but it's something. And then Somebody like Tim Hardaway Jr. put up 31 points on great field goal percentage. I think he was like 12 of 16, made six threes. Um, And then, unfortunately, just down the stretch, it just seems like the Mavericks aren't really finishing games. And we saw it recently with this Atlanta Hawks game. Um, Just your guys' thoughts on, you know, not as much on the Mavericks. And, you know, we've touched base on them a little bit. Um, before the break, but just more on, you know, what it means for this Miami Heat squad who can, you know, find ways to win even when they have a star that's not playing. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of the easiest uh, ways to get the your offense going is playing one of the worst defenses in the league, um, and that's the Dallas Mavericks. Um, <laughs> the Heat averaged the least amount of points in the entire league at only 109 points per game, which is pretty surprising when they have so many star players or like two star players plus hero who's a volume scorer um it's so it's, it's good to get on track as the playoffs are getting closer um because I, I don't think it's going to cut it only scoring uh an average of 109 per game um in the playoffs especially against some of these tough eastern conference teams um but really the heat hang their hat on the defensive end of the set the ball so um, that'll be the biggest thing. And then obviously just staying healthy will be a big thing for them too. I know Lowry had been battling some injuries earlier in the year. Um, you know, Jimmy has his fair share of, um, I don't know if they're injuries or just slow management kind of. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, uh, they kind of need to get some of their role players on track. I know like Struess had been struggling greatly, like earlier in the season, uh, I think he's doing a little bit better recently, um, but they're going to need him to step up in the playoffs. Um, I know with Strew struggling, they've been leaning more towards Caleb Martin a little bit to step up. 
um, as a bench player. Um, and he'd actually been doing pretty good. He's a better defender too. Um, but I think the biggest thing for them is just health and then getting some out of their role players. Cause like, that's part of the reason why they're, um, so low in points per game is cause really outside of Jimmy and Tyler hero, um, and bam, like they don't get a lot of help scoring like that much. Um, and that's got to change in the playoffs. Yeah, Adam, do you think, like, so, like, looking at the rest of this Heat roster, getting rid of, you know, Bam Adebayo and, and uh, Jimmy Butler and, you know, maybe Tyler Hero as well, even though he has his on and off days. But looking at some of these bench players, like, you think somebody like Cody Zeller can come in and fill a role or Kevin Love or Cody Martin? Have um, him. And then... <laughs> 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 I think Haslam's mainly just in there just for, for coaching purposes, but I don't even think has Haslam played like meaningful minutes in the past, like four years. Um, definitely so. not meaningful minutes. Right. I know he's been, he's checked in for like maybe eight minutes at the end of a game where they're like either losing by a lot or winning by a lot, but usually you don't see him out there. But back to my question, Adam, do you like, is there any role player that you're looking at on Miami's bench or even in that starting unit besides those three I mentioned to kind of maybe step up during a, during the playoffs or is it kind of mainly on a game-to-game basis? See, I mean, that's the thing about the Heat. I mean, like Matt said, they, they pride themselves off defense. And I think the one thing that they really struggle at, at being proficient at is uh, three ball. They don't really have... Like, besides Tyler Hero and maybe Max Struess, they don't have a lot of three-point scorers on that team. And especially when Not Duncan they, Robinson? Don't play, they don't play Duncan Robinson in the playoffs. They just don't. They, they say, hey, you can sit out the playoffs. I think he's lost his we confidence. Play... Yeah, it, I mean, maybe that's it. But the, the Heat, they lack a bunch of threes. Um and that, that you need to be scoring threes in this league to make a difference in the playoffs, make a difference in the regular season. And I think that's why I think Kyle Lowry is kind of slowing them down, kind of keeping them from flourishing further. Yeah, what's happened with Kyle Lowry like these past this past year and a half? Like what's going on? They brought him he in there to be like the starting point guard to be that like third fiddle, you know, in front of Tyler Hero even. Or even like next to him. That's, I mean, that's why I'm surprised they didn't try to make a move in free agency. Because I mean, Kyle Lowry, he's slow and fat. I mean, he, <laughs> he can't guard. He can't score. Double cheeked I mean, up. <laughs> he double cheeked up and everything. <laughs> I I don't know. I I think I think Kyle Lowry kind of holds the the Heat squad back a little bit. Just because he he's a mere shadow of his former self. Yeah, I mean it could be due to maybe some nagging injuries or just old age in general. But yeah, he's not. He doesn't look the same. I mean, I've heard some reports in Miami where he didn't really treat the off season because I mean Miami's known for their off season training programs where you know they treat him like actual practices where they get him ramped up especially condition-wise, just to make sure that they're ready to, you know, be 100% defensively during the regular season. I heard there were some mixed reports of just him not 
taking it too seriously or, or taking days off too. Um, so maybe that has something to play into it too. But um, I mean, if you're counting on Gabe Benson to be your starting point guard, yeah, he's had some moments in the playoffs where he's looked good. But I mean, recently he, I mean, he hasn't looked that great. And if you can't have a starting point guard, I mean, you're going to have to count on Jimmy Butler to kind of man the show and then maybe have Tyler Hero be that second point guard, which, I mean, it's tough, but, um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, no, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, if, if the heat make it past the plan, who are they going to be playing? Boston Celtics more than likely. And well, if they can slide into that six spot, they could play Philly. Wait, but it's not much better. Either way, either way, either way, it's it's gonna be a, a really rough playoff series for the Heat. And I mean, it's not gonna be like last year where they actually put up a fight in the the conference finals against Boston. I mean, they look like a way different team, which they aren't. Like the, it's they're the same team as they had last year for the most part, but they're just that much older and you have Kyle Lowry not doing anything anymore. So I think they're going to really struggle past the play-in tournament. So anything past that, I, I don't see them doing much. Matt, I have a question for you real quick before we head on or move on. Um, do you think Miami kind of like what Adam touched on right there, but uh, you know, do you think Miami is kind of like one of those teams like, you know, Golden State or, um, some of these teams that can kind of just switch it on when it comes playoff time and just become a different team and, and play, you know, better than their regular season standings. Um, or do you think this is kind of, you know, based off their roster, you know, and the regular season that, you know, they won't be able to turn this on come playoff time? Um, you know, I think considering the – the second best uh, defensive team in points per game. I think, you know, that anytime you have a good defense, you give yourself a chance in games um, where if you get hot shooting, um, you can win games too. Like, I personally didn't even think they would do that well against the Celtics last year, and they went to a game seven um, where they even had a chance to win it um, at the end there with Jimmy missing that um, at the shot at the buzzer. Um, but I think anytime you have a good defense, you have a chance in a series. So I think if um, it gets down to it and it, they can keep games close, I think they give themselves a chance. Um, their biggest thing will be, though, if if they can't get any shooting going, whether that's from K-Love, Tyler Hero. Um, I mean, Jimmy's not the biggest shooter in the world. Um, it, another thing, too, is like that. They haven't been playing Oladipo lately, and he was kind of a spark off the bench for them uh, last year. They they've been turning more to Martin this year. Um, like Oladipo's been getting DNPs. Um, I don't know. They just need somebody to step up, whether it be off the bench. Because um, one thing that was helpful for them last year was having Tyler Hero come off the bench, um, where he's not this year. So I think that could end up being a factor that. They don't have the bench scoring this year that they had last year because he's starting this year. Um, I know that that may not seem like a big deal since he's still played a lot of minutes, but, I mean, we've seen just with the T-Wolves, like, not having Nas come off the bench now that he's hurt, like, that those things can make a big deal. Um, but, yeah, that would be my biggest thing. I think the Warriors are kind of a different team. Um, 
than the cat or than the than the heat just because they can get absolutely on fire from shooting um they've proved it too yeah so i i wouldn't really compare those two teams but i think the heat you know i definitely wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs if i was another team yeah yeah especially i mean when you're looking at those other teams below miami whether it's chicago toronto or atlanta probably most scared of miami but um yeah i mean even i mean just to touch point on what you said there like last year's playoff you know i mean oladipo's hasn't played but like even against boston like he really kind of shut down Jalen brown at some points and then you know i think adding a shooter like kevin love could you know if he takes a good amount of threes which he normally does if they're falling that could be huge same with Caleb Martin. Um, he's a streaky shooter. And then Tyler Hero's got to... I think Tyler Hero's got to take his game to another level for them to have any sort of chance, uh, especially just to be that third spark next to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. But uh, looking at the next week, though, in the East, there's a handful of great games to keep an eye on, including Bucks and Wizards on Friday, which, you know, if we think Bucks are going to win that game in Washington, D.C., could possibly eliminate Washington from any play-in scenarios, which will probably lock up those top 10 teams from, you know, having a chance for playoffs. Um, you have on, you know, Wednesday has some great games. Um, at 6.30 Central Time, you have the Raptors at Celtics, uh, Bulls at Bucks, and then on Thursday, there's, I think there's only one matchup I'm keeping an eye on just for playoff purposes. Uh, especially in the first round uh, that we talked about, you have the Heat at 76ers, which will be on TNT at 6.30 Central Time as well. Um, I think that's going to be a pivotal, pivotal game for the Heat to maybe jump up um, if they want to pass New York for that, that get into that fifth seed and maybe play uh, Cleveland instead of playing Philly, which... I think if we'd all agree that playing Cleveland would be a little bit better than playing Philly. Although, have you guys heard about the news with James Harden? I think he came out with having like, I'm not sure if it was ankle or Achilles, like if it was a strain or something, or he's having like pain. And um, I think it's like his last three games, he's like a combined... 12 of like 40 or something like that and then like his three-point percentage is even worse i think it's like i think he's made like four out of his last like 23s something crazy like that but um do you guys think that there's any issue with you know maybe james harden having you know this lingering on into playoff scenarios or is this i don't know is this even something to be you know newsworthy at all Oh yeah, I think this is big, big news for for Philly fans out there, because if if you can't have your first two stars in the first round, I mean, the the team that they could possibly play, be playing would be what um, Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, and if you're not fully healthy up against these fully healthy teams, you could could get uh, bounced early in the playoffs so I mean this could be pretty big in the uh, bigger picture or I mean 
you do you still have Jane or uh, Joel Embiid and all those great role players on the Sixers. So I, I wouldn't put them past it to get through the first round without James Harden. But not having James Harden, it would be huge for the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, we're just seeing it today. Even they're losing by 20 points to the Bucks right now, and Harden's got 11 points, four of nine shooting, five turnovers, six assists. Um, it's definitely not the the Harden that they're going to need if they're going to go far in the playoffs. Um, so I think. Obviously, like, Maxie's been doing pretty well lately. He's got 29 points today, but um, th- with the East so tough, I mean, like, when you got a three-headed monster or even four-headed with Brooke Lopez uh, on the the Bucks, like, you're going to need your stars to step up. And if uh, Harden's not fully healthy, like, I mean, it's going to be a tough day against Drew Holiday or Jalen Brown or whoever he's on, like, in the playoffs. Um Whoever ends up guarding Marcus Smart, probably for the Celtics. But um, I think Embiid can uh, definitely like pull them to a first-round victory no matter who they play. Because um, they probably end up playing like maybe like the Nets or uh, seven seed is like, what is it, the Hawks right now or something like that. I think. Yeah, Hawks right I think now. Embiid could probably single-handedly have them beat those two teams. Yeah. Um, just off how dominant Embiid is, but I think if he's, they're going to go far in the Eastern Conference, they're going to need a full, healthy squad. Um, just based off how tough other teams are. <laughs> right. Would you consider like maybe shutting James Harden down for a couple games or so, and then you know letting it run out? Because I mean, yeah, you said they could probably win a first round matchup. Going in the second round, they would probably play Boston. And, I mean, you need a healthy James Harden, especially healthy, because even if he's, you know, not the same James Harden, like, that's going to be a tough matchup having, you know, Jalen Brown guard you 100% of the time. Well, maybe not Jalen Brown all the time, but a mix-up between, like, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White, you know, a mixture of all three of those guarding him. You know, you're going to need a healthy James Harden. Would you guys consider, you know, giving him a little bit of extra rest, maybe heal that, that, uh, ankle. I mean, it, it's definitely a possibility that you definitely, you, I, I mean, if I was 76ers, I, I would probably shut him down. Yeah. Cause like as of right now, they're still three games up after, you know, I'm including this loss against Milwaukee. Even with this loss, they're still three games up on Cleveland. So, I mean, you still have a chance. Right. Right, like, I don't think you need him for the regular season anymore. So if you really wanted to shut him down for the regular season and maybe a game or two in the first round, I say go for it and do it. Because if if that means having a a healthier James Harden later on in the playoffs, second second round, for sure, that's going to benefit them way more than having him play hurt. So I, I think I think the 76ers need to keep their options open and, you know, see, see how the cards play. Right. Totally agree. But, um, you know, looking at the weekend games on Friday, you have 76ers at Hawks, Raptors at Celtics. Sunday, we're finishing off the regular season with some impacting matchups with the Hawks at Celtics. 
76ers versus the Nets, and then we're ending off with the Bucks at Raptors. So, um, just like the West, there's going to be a number of games on Sunday and this weekend, and this next weekend in general, just to kind of cap off the regular season. And then we'll figure out, you know, how the matchups go. And uh, honestly, I can't wait for the playoffs. It's going to be fun, fun year. But uh, we're going to take one more short break. After that, we'll get into the lightning round, the new lightning round, new and improved. So we'll be right back. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Um, pretty excited about this new lightning round. Um, I know the boys are as well, because uh, hopefully this time we won't have any OT. I brought 10 questions with. It, somehow you guys get all 10 questions. I I think we might have to quit the show after, after that. But um, I'll explain the rules to you guys real quick. It's just, you know, we're changing up the game just to accommodate, you know, the great basketball format of the lightning game which you know a lot of you guys have probably played with your friends teammates whatnot um so how it works is i'll ask one of you a question whoever i ask first if you get it right you go to the back of the line basically and you live another round if you guess wrong the person next in line you know say matt guesses the first question right Adam gets the second question wrong, Matt will have a chance to win the game on that third question. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen because the first four questions are, are pretty simplistic. Uh, they will get a little bit more challenging from five to ten. But um, if you guys are ready, let's start with the questions. Yeah, let's get it started. Let's do it. Can't go on ESPN or any statistical stuff to try to figure out these answers. I, I shouldn't have to explain <laughs> that, but... We don't need any cheating going on. But jumping into question number one. This player is averaging the most points in the NBA this year at 33 points per game. Who is this player? And uh, this question, first question is going to be for Matt. We're going to start with Matt on the first question. So is it A, Luka Doncic, B, Joel Embiid, C, Damian Lillard, or D, Giannis Antetokounmpo? Um, I'm gonna go. Can't remember the letters you did, but I've, I'm pretty sure it's in B. Last time I looked, B. Joel yeah, and B. This will be his second year in a row, I think, winning it. Is it I, th- I thought he won it last year. Scoring type? Maybe not. Hmm. That would have been a co- good question to have. Um, you unfortunately did get that one right, so. Great job. <laughs> Question one goes to Matt. So he goes right to the back line, lives another day. Adam, question number two is for you. This player is leading the NBA in blocks this year with three a game. Who is this player? Easy. Is it A, Brooke Lopez, B, Nicholas Claxton, C, Walker Kessler, or D, Jaron Jackson Jr.? Oh, this is too this is too easy, too easy. I told you we're starting to easy. This is this is uh the defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh wow. I thought you were gonna go broke <laughs> Lopez there. <laughs> once no, no, once you said I, defensive I, player of the year, I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, I, I know I know what my fantasy players put up and Brooke Lopez was close. And then, I don't know, he was probably second or third on the list. Well Jaron Jackson Jr. was triple J was Matt's guy. Yeah. 
So I mean, I mean, Matt would Matt would have probably got this this question right too as well. But. <laughs> yep. All right, we're two for two. Adam goes to the back line. We're back up to Matt. Uh, question number three: the worst team in the NBA as of today, and has the best chance at the number one pick is the A. Detroit Pistons. B, Houston Rockets, C, San Antonio Spurs, or D, Charlotte Hornets? Uh, I didn't even need the multiple choice for this. It's the, the Pistons. They're just a dog shit team. <laughs> 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 with, with no Cade. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, that is correct. It is a Detroit Pistons. I think their record, I think they have 16 wins on the year, so... Uh, and then Houston, San Antonio have 19, and I believe Charlotte has around is it 24, 25, something like that. Two just against so, the Mavs this week. But those, <laughs> right, right, which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, Mavericks, you can't lose two straight games to the Charlotte Hornets when you're trying to make a playoff seed, so that's rough. But Matt wins this round. He's going to the back of the line. Question number four is for Adam. Uh, this is the last of the easy questions. So, question number four. The best record in the NBA is held by which team? Is it A, Boston Celtics, B, Milwaukee Bucks, C, Denver Nuggets, or D, Memphis Grizzlies? See, this is, this is a close one. But since we <laughs> went over the East. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really <laughs> think about that, but... <laughs> I told you they're easy. I'm, a, just, I'm trying to see if you, you're paying attention here. Oh, I was paying attention. I was paying attention. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks with the one game over Boston Celtics. That is correct. Right? Wow, even got the one game above them. It okay. might be a game and a half now after they just beat the Sixers. So, um, But you, you were right. You were right. Uh, so those are the easy questions. Uh, I didn't think that I was going to get you guys out on those, but uh, you never know. You never know. <laughs> um, Matt, we're going back to you. These questions are going to get a little bit harder as we go on now. Uh, question number five. There are two teams in the playoff landscape with a net differential of zero. One of those teams is the L.A. Lakers, and the other team in the Eastern Conference is... A, Atlanta Hawks, B, Washington Wizards, C, Miami Heat, or D, Chicago Bulls? Dang, tough. I know, I know the Heat used to have a negative one. Um, not sure if it's zero now or not. Uh, I want to say the Hawks or the Heat. Uh, I'll just go with the Heat just because I knew that at one point this was bad. That Oof. is incorrect. God, we made it, <laughs> made it one round past that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, looking at it, Miami has a negative net differential at point, or negative point zero, negative zero point nine. Um, you had Washington, who's the same as Miami, at negative zero point nine. And then you had... The Chicago Bulls that actually have a winning differential at 1.4, which leaves your Atlanta wow. Hawks A with a zero net differential. Damn, that was my second pick. <laughs> yep, that's tough. It's usually how it goes. Um, so, Adam, 
you have a chance to knock out Matt in the lightning round. Question number six. This team let lets up the least amount of points per game. Which team is it? Is it A, Miami Heat, B, Phoenix Suns, C, Cleveland Cavaliers, or D, Memphis Grizzlies? Ooh. See, I... I don't, I'm not really positive on this one, but I think I can, you know, I think it's between either the Heat and Cavs, if I were to totally be guessing, and I'd have to go with the Heat, because I think <laughs> we just talked about it as well. <laughs> well... I mean, you guys should definitely go with your second choices because it was the Cleveland Cavaliers. Wow. Damn. And you should have known. You should have known because I picked Darius Garland as my what, – what did I pick him for? Um, my guard on my second team for defensive – all defensive team because he had the best uh, – what was it? Best um, Plus defensive rating. I think it was defensive rating out of all of the NBA. Which which is the totally false. <laughs> no, it's, it's correct. <laughs> hey, stats aren't everything. <laughs> They're not, but Cleveland has the best or lets up the least amount of points out of any other wow, team. That would have actually been so. my last guess. <laughs> God damn it. We we might have to get some extra questions now. <laughs> this is <laughs> All right, Adam's back to the back of the line. Matt's up with a chance to well, actually, he, he would have to get this one right and then get the next question right. So, or and then have Adam get one wrong and then get that <laughs> right. So, we're basically back to we're basically back to the start again with this. So, <laughs> Matt, question number seven: There are eleven players on pace to play all eighty-two games this season. However, there is one player who was traded this year that is on pace to play eighty-three games. Who is this player? Is it A, Spencer Denwitty, B, Mason Plumley, C, Malik Beasley, or D, Mikel Bridges? Um, I mean, unless I'm just getting punked here, I f- feel like this one's a pretty easy one because uh, he hasn't missed a game in like a really long time, and that's Mikael Bridges. That is correct. D. Mikael yep. Bridges on pace to play 83 Damn. games because he played one extra game with uh, the Phoenix Suns, which is crazy. Would that would that be the first time ever? That's a good question. I, I mean that I mean I might have to save that for another Pro- probably round. not. We'll see. You might have to. I mean, because other people. Uh, it's probably not. No, I'm right. Right. I bet you there's been like a team that's played like two or three more games than the team they got traded to and then played the rest of the games plus more with that team so but yeah. it's still it's still pretty impressive though I think I think only in the past like 10 years there's only been like maybe a handful of people that have played every single game uh, yeah. I mean yeah. I mean probably nobody that's played as many as Mikhail Bridges over the past like five years <laughs> Yeah, I, I know for sure he has. He's literally probably missed like maybe two games in his whole career. <laughs> right, and you usually see like a lot of these like 
like really good defensive players have some sort of nagging injury just because of the effort they play on a day-to-day basis. But Mikel Bridges is one of those special guys that just uh, you can count on him. Yep. Um, so, Matt, you got one right. You avoid <laughs> elimination on this next question. So, Adam, that another tester. Question number eight. This player leads the NBA in dunks this season. Who is it? Is it A, Rudy Gobert, B, Evan Mobley, C, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or D, Joel Embiid? What? This is way harder than my question. Giannis. (laughs) Do you want me to repeat it? Yeah, repeat the answers. Okay, so you have A, Rudy Gobert, B, Evan Mobley, C, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or D, Joel Embiid? See, I don't think Evan Mobley dunks that much. Maybe I just don't see enough Cavs games, but I feel like you just <laughs> slid that guy right in there. <laughs> and then Rudy, Rudy, I don't think, he doesn't score enough to lead the league in dunks. So I would have to go with Giannis. Giannis dunks like every other, you know, point. <laughs> Unfortunately, is it Rudy? What? We're wrong. It's Evan oh, Mobley. Wow. No way. 173 dunks this year. His teammate Jared Allen is right behind him at 163. And then I believe there's like a huge mashup of like Rudy Gobert at like 154. Um, Giannis is up there. Um, there's a there's a handful of other people as well, but um, just off the top of my noggin, I have no I know what. Matt, who I would you have guessed? Gobert, just because that's all he does is get lobs. Right, <laughs> I, I, that's what I would guess too. But maybe I'm just being a, a homer. But yeah, I was I was surprised. Evan Mobley's leading the dunk train right now, but. Uh, that puts Adam on yeah. the waiver wire hot seat. right now. It's, he's on the hot seat. Matt, you have a chance to finally win the game without <laughs> having to go to any OT. Question number nine. <laughs> Please get this right. I'll try. Which player, which player has made the most three-pointers this season? Is it A, Clay Thompson, B, Buddy Heald, C, Stephen Curry, or D, Damian Lillard? Oh, God, I think this might be a trap question. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I got to guess Steph just because just he shoots a ton. How's <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> that wrong? All right. <laughs> oh, we might God. have to get – we're definitely going to overtime. I thought 10 questions would be enough, but – you guys seem like you just want to keep yeah. playing this game. No, it is not <laughs> Stephen Curry. Steph Curry is actually two. Oh, Splash Pro. Clay Thompson uh, is actually number one. Yes, I guess yep. Steph did miss some games. I think he has Damn. like. I think Clay has like nine or ten more than number two. And Damn. honestly, I think Steph might even be third. It might be it might be Clay, Buddy Healed, Steph. And then Damian Lillard. I think I put him in order <laughs> on this list. But, wow. um, all right. <laughs> I tried. We are. 
we're going we're going back to Adam with question number ten. After question number ten, if he gets it right or wrong, I'll still have to come up with maybe like three or four more <laughs> questions. So <laughs> stay tuned, guys, because this is getting heated. Question number ten for Adam. This player has turned the ball over more than any player this season. Is it A, Russell Westbrook, B, Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, C, Iceman Trey, Trey Young, or D, Luka Doncic? I feel like I would have gone with with Russell Westbrook, but Trey Young turns the ball over more than probably any guard in the league, especially when it comes down to starters. So I'm going to go with Trey Young. It's, I, mean, I feel like this is pretty obvious, right? That is correct. I, I believe. Thank God. I believe Trey Young has like over 20 or 30, like in between 20 and 40 more turnovers than the next person down. And I was surprised. I believe Anthony Edwards is second or third really? on that list wow. for ter- really? most turnovers this season. Yeah. So, uh, Luca was a little bit down. He was, I think, he was like close to like 16th or something, which isn't that bad. But um, I think there's a lot of people that think that he, you know, with the amount of assists and stuff he gets, it comes with the turnovers. And Russell Westbrook has always been one of those guys. I, I think he's in the top five for ton- turnovers this year. He might even be number two. But um, good question for Adam there. You know, puts it back on Matt. Matt, I'm going to have to come up with some more questions. We're going to take one more short break (laughs) as I try to come up with some more questions. As I come back, we will have a winner. I promise we will have a winner. All right. Are you guys? I got a couple questions maybe. Yeah. We'll see if you guys can get them. Yeah. You guys ready? Yep. Okay. I'm going to need a drink for this one. (laughs) All right. We're still rolling, so. All right. Welcome back, guys. Um, It's been an entertaining lightning round so far. Um, I thought 10 questions would be good enough, but like you guys know from the past podcast, usually I don't come up with enough questions for these two, so... We're on to the bonus round. Um, who did I leave off with? Adam got the Trey Young question number 10 right. Yeah. So, Matt, if you get this one wrong, Adam has a chance to win it. All right, bring it. Question for Matt here. All right. This season, there are two pe- two players that are tied for the rebounding champion. One of them is DeMontis Sabonis. The other is this player. Is it A, Rudy Gobert, B, Nikola Jokic, C, Anthony Davis, or D, Steven Adams? Hmm. Don't think it's Steven Adams. That'd be the curveball if it was. Uh, (laughs) Ah... Who was the first one? Rudy, Anthony Davis, and who was the other one? Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, and Steve Adams. Hmm. I kind of want to go with the Joker. I'll go with the Joker. It is not oh. the Joker. 
Oh. The Joker is averaging 11.9 rebounds. Yeah, that's pretty high. Rudy Gobert, 11.7. Steven Adams, 11.5. And Anthony Davis is tied with Sabonis at 12.4 rebounds wow. per game. That's pretty impressive. Wow. I know. I was shocked with that one, too. Yeah. Um, Big question for Adam to seal it off. Can he do it? Let's go. We're going assist leaders now. This is. These are all going to be stats bonus questions. I got this on lock. Okay, then we're not going <laughs> to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go steals leaders. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, real quick. Who would you have said is the assist leader? Oh, James Harden. Uh, yep, it was. So, <laughs> we're going steals leaders. They, there are two players... In the NBA, that are tied at 1.9 for steals per game. One of those players is OG Ananobi. And this other player is A, Jimmy Butler. B, Shea Gilgis Alexander. C, DeLon Wright. Or D, Fred Van Vliet. Okay. I, I didn't even know OG was leading the league in steals. <laughs> He's tied for it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you had Jimmy Butler, Shea, Fred Van Vliet, and DeLone Wright. So I have Jimmy Butler, Shea Gilgis Alexander, DeLone Wright, and Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can rule out DeLone Wright. Because there's no way in fucking hell he's a, he's tied for the leading steel leader. So my guess would be between either Jimmy Butler and probably Fred Van Vliet, I think. Fuck, I don't know, dude. This is tough. <laughs> I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. Because he's on my fantasy team, and... He's never let me down. Well, at this point, the viewers are really asking me to just do the fucking assist <laughs> record because that answer is, once again, incorrect. Is it no Shay? way. You're... It's DeLon uh, Wright. What? What? Right at 1.9 with OG Adenobi. Dude, no yeah. way. I would yeah. never guess that. I was going to say Shay. Unreal. Yeah. So we are back to Matt. Matt has to get this one right. And then Adam would have to get one wrong. And then Matt would have to get it right to the answer. But Matt, uh, just to stay alive in the game and give yourself another shot at this, we're going personal fouls. The leader in personal fouls this year is... (laughs) It is Carl Anthony Towns. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah, I didn't didn't have to say it. We always get harassed with fouls. Yeah, he's at 3.9 personal fouls, fouls per game. Next, oh, my gosh. Next one's down. Uh, there's three people tied at 3.6. That's Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J, yeah, Yusuf, Yusuf Nurkic, and DeMontis Sabonis. Damn. All right. Back to Adam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this player has averaged more double-doubles this season than anybody else. Who is it? 
Sabonis. Fuck it, is it Sabonis? <laughs> it is Sabonis. How's it say him or Jokic? I know. I thought that was gonna be a difficult one. Sorry, I'm not like, doing triple doubles. I swear, it's, it's you, Sabonis you, you triple every year. doubles. No, that's too easy. <laughs> is, it, is it Jokic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, you guys are making this so difficult. Yeah, give us some harder questions, Alex. Do you like, per, do you like percentages? Those are way harder. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go to advanced stats. How about that? Let's see how well you guys know your advanced stats. Not too well. <laughs> yeah, probably not well. Well, I listed some of them today. Was I listening, though? <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, who's up? who's up on this next question? Adam just got that last one with Sabonis as the most double-doubles, so we're on to Matt again. Matt, you get this wrong. Adam has a chance to win. I'm trying to find one that's really hard so he doesn't get it right. So, <laughs> advanced stats... <laughs> The best, the team with the best field goal percentage this season, is it A, the Sacramento Kings, B, the Chicago Bulls, C, the Denver Nuggets, or D, Cleveland Cavaliers? Maybe the Cavs, and I guess since they dunk a lot, according to you. <laughs> You're going with the Cavs. Yeah, I guess since Allen and Mobley are the dunk leaders. All right, Adam, you have a chance that to right? in this game. Fair that enough. is wrong. That is wrong. Uh, Cavs yeah. are six. Brooklyn's five. Minnesota, number four, 49%. Wow. wow. Chicago Bulls, number three, 49.2. Sacramento Kings, 49.7. And your Denver Nuggets leading West team at 50% on the year. Wow. Wow. Big time question for Adam. Let's go. <laughs> to end this match. Please end it. <laughs> the best team in the NBA this year for free throw percentage. Easy buckets, right? Easy. Easy buckets. Is who? Is it A, Miami Heat? B, Philadelphia 76ers? C, Atlanta Hawks or D Boston Celtics. I feel like no way it's no way it's the Hawks. You know, I I think you're giving me a hint cuz I should have won off the James Harden assist leader. So I'm just going to go with 76ers. I'm just going to pull it right out. I Probably wrong, but mm. I'm just going to go for it. Ah, did, Please tell me. Did Easter come earlier or what? Because Adam, right? Adam rose to the occasion. Really? And took home the W. It only took us, what, how many questions? <laughs> like 16 like questions? <laughs> Finally got it. Yes, it is correct. Philadelphia 76ers. 83.6% nice. behind them. And number two, by just 0.3% percent Miami Heat followed by Atlanta and Boston um congrats to Adam uh congrats to all our viewers for having to stick through that that was not only tough for me but I'm sure tough for you guys as well (laughs) but um if you guys enjoyed the podcast make sure to like and follow if you enjoyed the content uh make sure to follow us on any social media platforms TikTok 
Snap or not Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok or Twitter, um, all those good stuff that we have good content coming out on. Um, we will have uh, a new episode coming out later this week. Um, guys, what do you what should we do for this next episode? Probably we're probably looking at playoff uh, situations, probably because we'll probably have a good understanding of how things are going. Probably talk about more about playoff stuff. Um, yeah, playing matchups because those will be coming up next week. Yeah, yep. Um, we'll have it figured out for you guys. Uh, maybe check out Twitter. We might drop something on Twitter uh, to let you guys know what we will be di- be discussing um, on the next episode. But until next time, guys, peace out. Peace. 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 peace.